When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me this afternoon is Jordan Blackwell. And it's an afternoon podcast uh, rather than our usual morning one because we've had a press conference today uh, to preview Liverpool at Anfield on Wednesday night. And we just sat through um, about an hour of Claude uh, previewing the game, but quite a lot of it was dominated by transfer talk. Uh, and in particular, um, interest in a Monaco midfielder. Uh, Yuri Telemann, I don't know how to pronounce that. Yuri Telemann, yes. Telemann, Telemann. Belgium international, um, he's only 21, but he's played yeah. a, a lot, lot of games. games. Yeah. A lot of games. But it's, it's just, it seems like a very complicated deal, doesn't it, Jordan, at the moment? What, what we're hearing, we saw the keeper uh, reported that Jorge Mendes has now got his fingers all over this deal, and it could potentially be a swap deal with Adrian Silva. Now, yeah. it looks like City may prefer to do this as a permanent deal in the summer. Um, Seems to be some indication that Adrian Silva might have a reprieve under Claude What did you make of that today? Yeah, it was interesting. I think the um, obviously we've seen that Adrian's not really had a look in. Um, he's, he's played the first game of the started the first game of the season, and then Mendy came in, and then he just kept dropping down the pecking order, and we've really not seen him at all for uh, uh, two or three months. Um, but then, when Puel was asked about the elements today, he decided to talk about. How great Silver was, and that Silver has the right attributes. Unprompted, he wasn't yes, asked about Adrian no, at all um, today. It was um, it was odd that he 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 brought him up straight away. Um, perhaps an indication that it will it will be one or the other, um, and that maybe uh, maybe there is a, a swap deal on the cards because um, he, he seemed to suggest that they have similar attributes. They're both box to box midfielders. Um, so uh, yeah, it was certainly it's certainly an interesting um, decision from. From Puel to, to all of a sudden start praising um, Adrian and, and um, almost sort of tease the fact that he might, he might play in the second half of the season. Yeah, it seemed to be a bit of a, a kick up the bum for him, wasn't yeah. it? Really to to get himself focused and ready to go um, in the second half of the season. What is really uh, surprising about all this is he's fallen so far down the pecking order. We've only seen him twice in the Premier League uh, this season. Adrian Silva. We were all expecting him to leave. During the transfer January transfer window, but then it was Vicente Bora who we weren't expecting to leave, that was moved on to Villarreal for other issues besides footballing issues. Um, but now he's come back. It completely seems like completely out of the cold now. And it, I, I almost got the feeling today from the way Claude approached that today that he's trying to get psychologically get Silver ready to go second half season because he thinks he, he could feature um, a bit more in the second half of the season because there might be a fear this Tielemans deal. Might not happen. Yeah, I think so, and I think particularly if Puel opts for the for the three central midfielders uh, formation that he's he's played a, a couple of times over recent months, um, where he's played Ndidi, Mendy, and Chowdhury in there, you would expect that if they were to play that formation with those three, they would need another central midfielder on the bench. Now, if mm-hmm. Matty James isn't totally fit, which he played looks at like New- he needs games, doesn't he? Yeah, it? he played at Newport, but looks like he, he probably needs some more under-23s games before he's, he's, he's 100%. Um, then they need another central midfielder on the bench. 
and Silva would is the only one left at the club if Andy King leaves as expected. Um, so I think, yes, I think they do need him. Um, they certainly need another central midfielder. Um, but it's just odd that the. This is how Silva's going to get his chance when, he, when, as you say, he looked completely out in the cold. Now, Claude has said repeatedly, this is not a transfer window that he likes. It's not one he wants to do business in because it's very hard to get value for money. It's very hard to get the right player at the right price. Now, it's been reported that a Tielemann permanent deal would cost them £20 million, which is what Monaco paid yeah. for him as well. Um, given he is a, he's got 19 caps for Belgium, he's a full international, um, he's paid, played a lot of games for somebody that young senior games. Was it 250? Yeah, 250, I think, yeah. 250 senior games and he's 21. So yeah. that price wouldn't be ridiculous for a player of his age and potential, especially if he's, what we understand is Leicester have been watching him for a while. But I've just got the impression he, he might want to leave this one until the summer and he wasn't expecting this to happen. And now this potential swap deal might just be convenient for him. Yeah, I think that there's possibly a sense of, of taking advantage of Monaco's situation as well. Um, they're having a few troubles in, in their, in, uh, domestically. And they're they're reshuffling the pack behind yeah, the scenes, aren't they're, they? They're, you know, they're, they're battling relegation. Uh, it went so badly under Thierry Henry that they got rid of him and they brought Jardim, who they originally sacked, they brought Jardim back. Now, Tielemans didn't do all that great. Well, certainly he didn't match expectations when he played under under Jardine. So maybe there's a, a sense of taking Leicester taking advantage of that and sort of assessing the situation and thinking, okay, maybe we can get a swap deal now, mm. um, and that might be mutually beneficial uh, for, for both teams. I think a lot of this uh, will depend on Adrian Silva. If Silva, could we, we've read the quotes from his father and, and agent. Um, uh, who's said that somebody's accused Puel of being disrespectful to Adrian and blocking moves away than when he's, there's Bordeaux have been in for him. There's yeah. a few other clubs he said there's been interest from. Uh, France, Italy and Spain. Um, if Adrian is determined to leave with this January transfer window, as his father might indicate he is, I think this will force Leicester's hand and they will take the uh, the, the loan swap. But if he says he's happy to fight for his place second half of the season, that could give Paul some breathing space till the end of the season, when he could revisit the Tillemans uh, deal. Yeah, I think there's a. I think it comes down to wanting as little disruption as possible, having to go through uh, and sort a deal out at the end of a uh, at the end of a transfer window is not really ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think any club particularly wants to be doing business right up to the end of the window. So if Silver does turn around and say yes, I'm. I, Okay, let's, let's end all this. I'm willing to fight for my place, and I want, I want to play at Leicester in the second half of the season. Yes, I think Leicester would would say, okay, well, let's do that then, and then we'll assess again in the summer when they've got more time to do a deal. Um, but yeah, as you say, if it, it does come down to, to Adrian Silva's decision, but it looks like certainly from what's been said, uh, it looks like he he's quite desperate to leave. Be interesting to one to watch that will uh, up until the uh, the deadline on Thursday, mm-hmm. and it won't be the only bit of business that Leicester City will be doing. Um, we understand Andy King will be moving on. It's a question of which club he, he opts for. He's had f- with, there's four clubs that we know of that are in for him: Nottingham Forest, West Bromwich Albion, Swansea City, and now Wigan Athletic mm-hmm. have, have uh, been uh, made public. Um, if you Andy King, which one would you pick? I mean, I'd probably opt for Swansea. He's been there, he knows the yes, club. Yes, yeah. I think Swansea is, yeah, because because it would be easy for, easier for him to settle in. Um, if you want promotion uh, back to the Premier League, then West Brom seem, seems the best bet. Mm. Um, 
But then again, uh, I think King would probably get on quite well with O'Neill at, at, uh, at Forest as well. Um, <laughs> that would certainly be an interesting perhaps spell. Perhaps wouldn't want it? to tarnish his, his Leicester reputation. But then again, Morgan, Wes Morgan was a, a, a club legend at Forest and he moved to Leicester without any problems and has uh, become a legend at two clubs. So um, I'm, sure, I'm sure fans would forgive King if he did move to Forest. Yeah, besides that, uh, we're not really expecting anything else really to happen unless something amazing happens over the next few days mm. and something lands on. Leicester City's uh, desk. I mean, I think Claude was saying today he's quite happy with the squad now. He feels he's got the right balance in terms of being able to give some players game time that are frustrated they haven't been playing very much now because he's managed to whittle it down with Fasini Diavata going out. Yuan Benawan's gone out. We're expecting King. Vicente Bora's gone. That seems to be about it then. Yeah, I think that's... Um, it, he often speaks about trying to find a, a good balance. Uh, he spoke about it uh, his first January at the club uh, last year when he, he loaned out... Musa, Slimani, and Ujoa, and sort of, sort of uh, corrected the balance there. This year, it's been about the midfield and correcting the balance there, and he seems to have done that. Um, and I think he, I think Puel's the sort of manager that prefers a smaller squad, um, just because it's easier to manage. Uh, and like you say, you, you know, the more players you, you've got in the squad, the more players you're disappointing because you can't get them the game time that they want. But if they're away um, on loan, they're playing more regularly, and we've already seen some of the players that. You know, the sent Diabate out on loan. He made his full debut um, over the weekend. Um, Callum Elder's been playing at Ipswich as well. Um, so I think that's it, it makes sense what they what they've been doing, and it you know that it's clearly an easier job for Puel now to manage his squad. Uh, we understand as well that uh, Christian Fuchs will be staying for the second yeah. half of the season as well. There was interest from Villa. Uh, taking him on loan, but with Elder out on loan, there's no left back cover for Ben Chilwell if Christian goes. It'd be madness to let him go. He's out of contract at the end of the season. He's going to go back to America. He might as well finish his Leicester City career here rather than going out on loan, um, I suppose, at the end. Um, there was a bit of team news and some yeah. good news, some positive news as well. Harry Maguire is fit. Yes, he's back. Um, he sort of hobbled off uh, sort of early in the second half at Wolves. He, he seemed to take a, a, a knock really early in the game, which he seemed to then struggle with, um, particularly for the second goal. He didn't yeah. jump perhaps quite as high as he, as he would usually. But he battled on as, as he does. Um, came back out for the second half and, and it, his knee was clearly troubling him. So he came off, but, um, but yeah, no problems there. He's, um, he's back to, obviously, Leicester have had a bit of an, an extended break. Uh, and he's back to full fitness and... Um, it's a, it's a fully fit squad for Leicester. Just Daniel Amate still recovering from his um, his ankle surgery. Yeah, and there was um, there was also questions about Rashid Gazal about his mm. um, form uh, this season, and uh, Claude was very glowing in in his praise of Rashid of what he thinks he can achieve at Leicester City, given time to adapt to English football. That's what basically what he said, wasn't it? That he needs to just toughen up a little bit, get used yeah. to the physicality and the speed of the English game, and uh, he'll be an asset. Yeah, I, I think Gazal said that as well recently. He's, he's speaking. Um, to to French media, and he said about you know wanting to to fit in a bit a little bit better, wanting to adapt. He was say, explaining the differences between French football and English football. Um, he said it was more competitive, more intense, uh, which I think is a, a lot of um, players from overseas find when they come to England. Um, but yeah, I think I think we've seen a couple of glimpses from um, from Gazelle, but I do feel like he, his game time might be limited. Uh, in the second half of the season because Barnes has now come back and Barnes is probably going to feature more often. Diabate, when he was here, didn't really get a look in and it was almost Gazelle was above Diabate in the pecking order. You would say that Barnes has come in and jumped above Gazelle. 
Um, so we'll have to see how much game time Gisal does get in the second half of the season. What about Liverpool though? I mean, when we saw them first half of the season, uh, they came to uh, September the 1st, they came to uh, King Power Stadium. Not a, a typical Leicester City slow start, 2 0 down, fought back pretty well second half. But yeah. since then, they've just gone from strength to strength, haven't they, Liverpool? Yeah. And uh, everybody seems to be talking still about Manchester City, but uh, they're, they're in pole position going for the title. This is going to be incredibly tough, the toughest challenge of the season. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that. They just seem a very good outfit. I think it comes down to the fact that they've got um, Van Dijk and Allison in now. Um, I think that they're a complete team, whereas before last season, they were just they just had a very good attack essentially. Uh, but yeah, they've got a they're a, a, a proper all round team now, um, and it's difficult to see how Leicester might be able to to hurt them. Saying that, they did do okay in that second half, and they did seem to be. Um, they did seem to trouble them at Liverpool a little bit, um, but I would think Liverpool have got better since then. They look more comfortable. They've, they've not really looked like, you know, they've not really looked like they've ever struggled against any of the the lower teams. Obviously, they lost to Manchester City recently, but even that was a tight game. But when it's when they've come to playing teams outside the top six, they've kind of brushed past them. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a, be a real challenge. Um, and I think, I think. Well, seemed to be suggesting in his press conference today that he's not really expecting any results. He was talking about learning and you know improving from these experiences. So I think it's fairly clear that he's not expecting a, a, even a point uh, from Wednesday's game. And what we know is that he's excited about the challenge of facing yes. these three, uh, these three sides now because it's an incredibly tough run for City with Liverpool and Man United and then Tottenham. Although Tottenham are going through a bit of a Bad run themselves with injuries and some of the results lately, but uh, but he, he seems to be drawing strength or confidence from the victories over Chelsea and Manchester City um, at Christmas. Um, can can they go and do that again? I know they are a side that like to play without the pressure on them. They like to hit teams on the counter attack. This is a tall order. I mean, Man, City, Man United, sorry, are flying as well under yeah, Solskjaer. Yeah. Um, these next two games are going to be incredibly hard. Yeah, I think I think the Liverpool one will be tougher. I think I, I think because of the way Liverpool play, I think it's it's harder to counter attack them. Mm. Um, they press high, don't yeah, they? Yeah, beca- um, because they're very quick on the they're very quick on the break as well. So you could quite easily, you know, you always get countered again. Um, so I think there's a, I think that will be the toughest one. United, I think, well, yes, they are playing very well, um, but I think that would be easier without being easy um, and I think we can maybe see a similar situation to the, the Man City and Chelsea games but again Leicester had to ride their luck in those games particularly the Chelsea game I think Manchester City game they probably deserved it Chelsea game I'm not sure they, they deserved three points so that's what they need they need to be on, on top form they need to fi- find opportunities to counter uh, and they need to get away with it a few as well, maybe you know the woodwork or Schmeichel coming to the rescue. Well, we'll be at Anfield on Wednesday night, uh, bringing you all the uh, updates with Jordan B. Man in the live blog, and we'll be bringing you all the action and reaction as well. And then uh, we'll be uh, back on Thursday for the transfer window deadline day. Uh, it might not be as thrilling as previous ones, but there still might be a few things going on at Leicester City, and we'll keep you informed on that. Check back on Leicestershire Live for all the stories on the transfer window.